Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. This is Talk Wrestling on TalkSport 2. This is Talk Wrestling on your Fight Night feed from Talk Sport. I'm Will Gavin. John Jackson alongside me. And it's our big Backlash preview show. We're going to be joined on this one by Damian Priest. What a run he is having right now with the Judgment Day. Uh, filling us in on his street fight with Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico this coming weekend. We're also going to give our thoughts on the WWE draft. Why have you kept Roman and Cody apart? And we're going to get into a little bit of AEW with those early tickets Sales Wembley looking pretty, pretty good. Also, I will probably not be touching it today, but for people who are listening who are proper wrestling fans, we will at some point over the coming times talk about some indie wrestling here in the UK. Uh, I was lucky enough to catch a progress show, uh, which was headlined by Spike Trevay uh, and the Black Swan himself to uh, uh, just the first ever cage match they've done. It was absolutely sensational. Well, well worth checking out. And there's things like Forbidden Doors on the Horizon, John Moxley's going back to New Japan. There's loads of cool stuff going on in wrestling outside side of WWE and of course as we'll cover this week AEW but that's gonna be our focus for today John Jackson is with me John how are you doing sir yeah I'm good I'm still trying to work out if I'm gonna go to Forbidden Door I know this was a you know big feature the last time we spoke (laughs) still haven't still haven't looked into it but yeah hopefully we can go there because it looks absolutely fantastic um I actually managed to stay up and watch Raw and actually get to the end of Raw which I think is the first time I've done it all this year because normally you know the third hour although you know there's generally the best better matches on in the third hour I'm absolutely flat out by that point but yeah I managed to watch all of it yeah I don't really remember anything that happened in the draft so I've had to remind myself (laughs) it just kind of went on a bit didn't it the draft the thing is the early stuff is interesting and you know where the titles are going to go and there is there is stuff there I do get worried that you know they they 
start to really telephone what's going to happen with titles and really start to kind of telegraph, sorry, telephone? They really start to telegraph <laughs> what's going to happen with the titles and it all becomes a little bit obvious, uh, etc. when it they start to move those things around a little too dramatically. But, yeah, by the end of Raw on the third day and when they start talking about the supplementary people and the free agents and stuff like that, I, I stop massively caring at yeah. that point uh, so we're going to get into the draft as I say Damien Priest will be on the show shortly we talked to him all about working with Bad Bunny his work with the Judgment Day and maybe a little tease towards him coming to the UK for money in the bank a little under two months away uh, and he, yeah, he's absolutely brilliant on the work that, that Rhea and everyone have done as of late alongside him uh, and we're going to talk about uh, AEW doing unbelievable numbers for Wembley already 36,000 on the mm. first day of pre-sale is a ridiculous number and that was kind of a weird VIP pre-sale that happened before all the kind of O2 ones and the Wembley's own one and stuff like that so I'm sure Tony Khan will have another missive for us you'll probably listen to this Friday morning so you have already maybe had a second edition of that but uh, I will hold my hands up and say I had pretty serious doubts about them running Wembley and um it turns out, John, actually, mm. it, they, they may not be, you know, doing insane numbers yet, but right now, they do, I, to do that well on the pre-registration, pre-sale is pretty dang good. Yeah, I said it about, you know, how it's like NFL, isn't it? When the NFL's in the UK, people just buy tickets no matter what team they support. So I guess it's kind of like this. There's so many wrestling fans in the UK and wrestling's so hot right now. And we've been treated to some excellent indie wrestling. And AEW has that kind of indie wrestling feel compared to WWE that people have just flooded for it. Um, something that annoys me is just this obsession online with people quoting how many tickets have been sold, like these wrestling insiders. You know, you know I don't particularly like these wrestling insiders as it is, but like having like full-blown Twitter arguments about how many tickets they've sold when no one knows other than Tony Khan and about five people who are involved in the, you know, website or whatever. No one knows how many tickets they've sold on pre-sale, but there's all these grown adults arguing about it, which is just pathetic. Just buy a ticket. Don't buy a ticket. Go to the show. Don't go to the show. Do what you want. It's going to be really, really good. And I think that... You know, the ticket prices, I think, were fairly reasonable, weren't they? And, and they're gonna, they're gonna sell thousands and thousands more when they're on proper sale. Whether we get a sellout or not, I don't know. But I mean, there's got to be something pretty special on the card to, to satisfy all these fans now. If, if they hit 70 to 80,000, anywhere in that range, which current projections would suggest that they would, 36,000 mm. apparently on day one, uh, over th- nearly four million pounds worth of ticket sales. So, you know, it, it suggests that I would have said, if you'd asked me a week ago what's a success for that show, I'd have said anything north of 50,000. If, if, yeah. if every tier from Club Wembley downwards is open, that's a success. And Tony Khan has made the decision to not have a stage and to do it where they're coming down from the tunnel, from the round. I'm sure there'll be a staging area there. But comparatively... Mm. In, if you go to a major gig at Wembley and they've got a stage at one end and it essentially cuts off, you know, a, a fifth of the seats, yeah, it ends up helping it look even more like a sellout because this 90,000 number that we're obviously quoting, that's what it is for the football. But is it 
going to be more than that because you're going to have the, all the seats actually on the pitch itself or like the ringside seats. Uh, I just, you know, I have to say I, I'm, I've been impressed with the early interest. I think that there is a chance that it kind of plateaus and everyone that wanted a ticket has bought a ticket and, you know, it doesn't get much above 50 or 60. But if they do 50 or 60,000, I think that's incredibly impressive. And actually... I'm so hyped for Money in the Bank. I think it's going to be an unbelievable event. The O2 is a great venue for wrestling, a great venue in general. I think that they are going to bring over an incredible card, a pay-per-view back in London. But it does make me go, they could have done that at a stadium, you know. Maybe Tottenham Hotspur or somewhere like that. It would have been amazing. Why not somewhere easier to get into? Like, Tottenham's a nightmare. Even the Etihad's easier to get into than Tottenham. But yeah, I mean, it, it is ridiculous. Our good friend Joe Biamonte, I don't even know who he works for these days, was saying, <laughs> you know, we have the prospect of next year, if this goes well for AEW, having two massive stadium shows, if, if WWE follows suit and do another one in the UK. I mean, what a time to be alive or something like that. And it, it's very, very true. You know, we've been, we've been blessed, you know, over the last few years with, you know, them bringing live shows over like SmackDown and Raw live and you know then we've got had clash of the castle which was huge in wwe terms and now we've got a proper legit pay-per-view coming over that's not a special one-off it's one of the the existing ones and then AEW are going to come and trump that with a huge wembley stadium show which is i mean it's ridiculous but if you are a wrestling fan in the uk you're being really spoiled at the moment and i just hope that the card for AEW is is as impressive as we hope it is for that event because it really does deserve something big i don't even want to suggest what the main event might be now right now because i mean a lot can change but yeah it's going to be it's going to be huge love it absolutely love it uh right that's AEW. let's uh talk uh let's talk wwe and look backlash coming this weekend we're going to talk about the card after we've heard from damian priest coming up shortly talking about his work in what i think uh, right now they're, they're advertising if it's going to be the co-main event i would suggest that and cody and brock should probably be the actual main event <laughs> but i mean you know, put bad bunny in puerto rico the biggest streaming star in the world spanish language alongside damian priest who is he tells us from the same town from the same island then you know maybe that is gonna absolutely kill it in a main event you make it a decent street fight and not some of the stuff we see on tv i'm all for it but before that let's talk about the draft and i I can't fit the one decision as i've already stated that really got my goat was moment one night one they do this thing where they're like they don't want all the stars to get literally drafted right at the top because it makes mm. them less intrigue for night two. And obviously you've got the intrigue of the world heavyweight title belt coming back or in its new guys. So you have some people who are held back for the Monday, right? So if you want to keep Cody's legitimacy and you want to say, right, we're drafting Roman with the kind of the, the minor version of the bloodline first to SmackDown, great. But we want Cody to be the second pick because he's the biggest baby face in the company right now. I just, for me, and I don't know if you feel the same, John, but having been there at Mania, the story for me is Cody eventually beating Roman because you didn't have it happen there. If Cody goes to Raw and either wins that belt, it's kind of a lose-lose situation for me. He either wins the belt and it feels a bit cheap, or he doesn't win the belt and you think, well, you've built him up into being this top babyface and we're not putting a title on him. So I can't, it, it feels so lose-lose to me to have him split to the other side of the brand. Yeah, I mean, like, if he is going to be against Roman Reigns at next WrestleMania, it feels like he shouldn't be in any title battle. He shouldn't be going for any of the, the sort of lesser, seemingly lesser titles. He should just be on this quest to get that title. 
And by doing this, he's undoubtedly, you know, you, you can't have him as the top baby face on Raw and have him not in the picture for this new heavyweight title. So, yeah, that, I, I mean, maybe we just trust Triple H here, but it feels like they have shot themselves in the foot a little bit. I don't know, you know, who he's going to feud with once this Brock stuff's out the way, who he's going to feud with. Presumably, if someone like Seth wins the title, does he then feud with Seth? I mean... That's that seems a logical thing, or you know maybe Gunter. But then if he's getting involved with Gunter, then why is he getting involved in that title picture? And it goes back to what I just said. He shouldn't be going. You know, he should be going for the title. He should be you know failing at several opportunities, but coming out looking great on his quest to beat Roman Reigns. And and that's not going to happen for quite a long time now. I think when I look at the roster construction overall, and this is relating to the Cody point, but right. So, uh, firstly, it strikes me that the the uh, that Raw is pretty champion heavy right now. Now, admittedly, that does include the NXT Women's Champion Indy Hartwell, unless they're planning to turn that back into a third brand again and go back down that route. I, I guess she drops it at some point and just well, she's, goes onto the she's, women's roster. Sh- on NXT yesterday, they're going to do a tournament, aren't they? To um... oh, there you go. So I haven't watched seen last night's NXT. No, that's yet, fine. So sorry to sorry to spoil the fun for you, Will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so basically they're doing a tournament. She's got the title, but she's injured anyway. So I think that that probably forced their hand with that one. So right now they've got the the SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, you know, but they will, I guess, do a swap of belts or however. They, or do you know what? Actually, I think they should do is name the women's titles. Have one as the women's heavyweight title and one as the you know, uni- women's universal or whatever you want to call it. Just feels like it needs to have a, its own prestige rather than just being brand specific. They get the intercontinental title. They have the new world heavyweight championship belt. And right now they've got both sets of tag champions as well. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn and Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. All I can think is that do you have those tag titles unless you're going to split them up and have two sets of tag titles again do they become kind of homogenous do they move between the two shows do we think yeah i don't really know like do we need that many i mean there's not that many great tag teams in in either division in my opinion so do we need two sets not really not really for like i mean the men's the men's probably should head towards the way the women's gone if I, you know, really, I know it kind of is because they're kind of both holding them at the same time. I know that they seem to love draping multiple titles on people at the moment. I don't know if that's, you know, some kind of ode to, um, you know, was it Kenny Omega that had all the titles at one point? <laughs> all in, in the titles. He just like had everything and it was a bit ridiculous. But I don't know if that's, you know, they just like that look of someone being really decorated. Maybe, you know, maybe they like the sort of heavyweight boxing vibe. But yeah, I, I, I would happily go with one absolutely just one tag team championship on the main roster for SmackDown and Raw that's, you know, one male, one female, and just go with that because you maybe then get a a stronger division. So what about the situation of... You've got... I'm going to disagree with you slightly. I do think that the tag teams are getting there where you could have two sets of tag titles, right? On one side... And it, it, it requires them to keep building the division. But... If you say on the Raw side of things, you've got Kevin and Sammy, uh, you've got uh, Imperium, you've got Judgment Day, you've got Xavier and Kofi, and I imagine that's where Big E goes when he comes back. You've got Braun and Ricochet, Alpha Academy, like already there, Viking Raiders, Maximum Male Models, like already that's a good enough tag division, right? 
you've got on the other side of things, the Usos, you've got the OC, which, you know, I guess will be Gallows and Anderson. We'll talk some styles in a minute. The LWO guys, the Brawling Brutes guys, Hit Row. Like I, It feels like you need well, five or six good teams on each show to make a tag division. It feels like there is enough there, but they have to start building it properly and not just throwing tag matches in for the sake of it and having you know, reasons that people face each other. It just needs some storytelling for those tag titles to work. I did get hyped, I'm not going to lie, on night one, and I think it was a little bit underplayed that when they were doing the uh, draft, after they drafted the top stars, that uh, the OC came out with AJ Styles as part of it. He's returned back for the first time this year. And as much as uh, I want to get into who's gone to Raw and who's going to be on the World Heavyweight Champion as as our next conversation, I think that you give AJ Styles a run at Roman Reigns as a... As a, as a contender, because right now, what, him, Edge, Bobby, like, there's a lot of people we've seen done before. I feel like AJ is one who hasn't had a run at it and could have a good, like, two, three month uh, kind of schedule with the Bloodline and with uh, the other guys in the OC involved. And actually, mm-hmm. like, that's a feud that AJ Styles doesn't need to win that title eventually, but it does keep that feud ticking along nicely, keeps Roman looking strong, and, and AJ's just you know, right up there with the best in the business for me. So that that makes perfect sense. And it's a nice light uh, light schedule for AJ as well, because, you know, he's he's always been quite open about how long he wants to go on and everything. And with Roman Reigns only turning up, you know, for once in every four weeks or where it is, he will only have you know, to be a lot of talking to do and not much else. That's perfect. <laughs> Was there anyone else that you um, that, that really caught your eye before we get into those guys well, on on the raw side of things? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Alba Fire and Isla Dawn being called up because you know we've seen them uh, a lot in NXT UK and on the Indies, and I think they've worked really, really hard to get where they are, and I think they deserve it. It's interesting to see that they retain their titles in NXT last night, so they do come up as the NXT Tag Team Champions, and you know, do, do they end up keeping those titles and swapping them into some kind of SmackDown thing? We'll, we'll wait and see. Um, you know, I, I think that LA Knight is really hot at the moment, and I hope they use him more. He's been, I think, great on Friday nights, and you know, it'd be really interesting to see what they can do with him rick boogs felt like a complete waste of a pick like you know we're all sitting there and i was expecting tyler Bate or someone like that that's been rumored and it was like rick boogs uh okay i mean that could have probably I, I, been one I, I on the, be on the after on show thing i love rick boogs yeah i love rick boogs but he's just not in the place where he's in any way a hype position you know he's a he's a fourth rounder in nfl terms probably he's a supplemental pick like there are guys who went in the supplemental draft you go yeah we could have had something proper done with these people like Mm. uh, uh, you know seeing old uh, jd mcdonough jordan devlin coming up to uh (laughs) to raw is pretty exciting and he had a great match uh, against dragon lee last night i understand again haven't seen Mm. it yet but yeah, they do love to do that, though, as you get to, like, night one of the draft almost made entire sense down to when they made the NXT picks. I did think with night two, you, like, you start off strong, you do rear, you do Austin Theory to make sure those those belts are split, you put Seth and Charlotte, two of the biggest stars, you know, Kevin Owen, Sami Zayn, the Usos, splitting them apart, which I think is the right thing to do after their triple threat at... Uh, at, mm. um, that's uh, done now for a while isn't it that's yeah, exactly. definitely done for a while Judgment Day Latin World Order the two probably hottest uh, factions right now and then it started to get maybe a little weird after the Brawling Brutes Trish Stratus I didn't know that she was <laughs> she was going to be draft eligible I didn't realise we were getting a full schedule from her I thought we were getting her turning a match with Becky that'll be that done but they ca- carry on with, with that element to it like yeah there were some odd ones but 
I think overall, if they treat this split properly, and we say this every time, I think it yeah. can be. It should be positive for our overall viewing pleasure that they can tell some storylines which are show specific and not have to be relying too much on the same storylines consistently being the mm-hmm. thing that that kind of catches our attention. What do you think they do with these free agents? This is the question, right? Because there are, you'd think that they've done this with everything in mind, but there's some really random names on the free agents list. I kind of get Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, they use as a kind of get out of jail thing, don't they? When they need a big star and they need a moment, you know, get a million pounds out, give Brock a million pounds. Um, Omos, fair enough. Maybe he's kind of uh, similar. Dolph Ziggler. I mean, why is Dolph Ziggler just not on a brand? Is it they don't know what they're going to do with him? Is it that he's just out there to bump for everybody? That's what he's out there doing. (laughs) Just Dolph bumping Dolph. I get. I mean, I get Elias. You know, he's the guy that walks alone and all this nonsense. You know, maybe he doesn't know where he belongs. I quite like it if they do like a Baron Corbin, just kind of like you know they always do like one guy's always trying to persuade each brand manager to Mm. you know pick him up. Maybe that's where Baron Corbin fits into that. Interesting that Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin are also on there with Omos. So I don't know whether you know MVP is going to put the put the the boys back together with a slightly different team and a different focal point, but. You know, Mustafa Ali, random. He's not really been able to find a place that he fits. But then they've also missed off people like Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss, which I guess is is purposely because they're not involved at the moment and they want to have them as a surprise. Um, I'm guessing Randy Orton's not involved as well. So I guess, you know, those people that aren't in the picture are, they leave it open to where they, where they turn up. But yeah, I just think it's weird that some of those people on that free agents list exist because you know they're they're on that list for a reason so they must have something planned otherwise they just wouldn't mention them if that makes sense yeah well you know some of those other names are due to injury but yeah the free agency thing yeah i guess it makes total sense there's there's gonna be there's there's got to be a story reason for that happening essentially yeah absolutely there is one more thing we need to talk about will go on rob van dam wearing a suit uh, yeah, being welcomed back into the wrestling family. It's funny because he was at WrestleMania, but doing stuff with um, the old Rest Tours guys and Progress yeah. guys and doing stuff in their box. They, they invited us along to that, by the way. I don't know if I told you this at the time. They were like, yeah, you guys come <laughs> up to our box, but it was literally the other end of the stadium and like three floors yeah. up from where we were. And we'll miss about four matches just getting up there. And for the sake of one free gin and tonic, I'm not sure it's going to be worthwhile. We, we had to miss like, pretty much two matches just to go to the toilet. So, I mean, yeah, not worth it. But the thing about Rob Van Dam is um, a, a friend of mine sent me a DM and this is like a kind of lapsed re- uh, wrestling fan who would know Rob Van Dam from when he watched it, you know, religiously. And he just said, and obviously Rob Van Dam, uh, as far as I know, has not been in any kind of trouble with the police, but it looked like a guy that was turning up for his court appearance when he was just a stoner um, and had just rummaged around a charity shop to find a suit that didn't fit him, which I thought was very harsh, but also... Quite funny. Um, but yeah, also Eric Bischoff looking uh, looking good, which I like, because I'm a big fan of Eric. Oh, there you go. Uh, right, last couple of thoughts on the draft then, and I do want to talk about who we think ends up with the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, I really liked Gunter and Imperium going to Raw. You know, him and Roman both as the kind of dominant heel champions probably needed separating. Raw has got a lot of good singles male talent, as we're going to go through when we talk about the... Um, uh, as we're going to talk about when we go through the, uh, the the lineup shortly for who could win the World Heavyweight Championship, so I really like that. The women's division got kind of ba- uh, balanced out a little bit. Um, I also quite like Bobby Lashley going on, being on the same side as uh, Bronson Reed and being potentially put out with uh, you know some of those other big boys that are over there. So that's all good fun. 
Let's talk about the world heavyweight title, though, because with Reigns dominating well. for three years... Oh, here we go. An Austin theory. No, no, no. He's on the wrong brand. You should know that. <laughs> he's gone to SmackDown. Um, no, I'm sorry to completely cut you off there, and I've just thought about this. You know when they suddenly start promoting wrestlers for no real reason, and they seem to be involved in far too many segments when they've not really done much recently, or maybe they've just not used them very cleverly? Shinsuke Nakamura. I like it. All right, this is he is on my my list of people to mention. So there are obvious ones. Sorry, right? please continue. There are obvious ones. What? what? <laughs> there are obvious ones. Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor. Like Balor has been an absolute MVP on Raw since the return post Mania. I think he's been absolutely sensational. Had some really good matches and has even been better on the mic than previously. Drew, I think, obviously still deserves a world title run outside of um, pandemic times and, you know, was so close to going over at Clash at the Castle and really felt legitimate. Seth just, you know, can carry a title at any point and be brilliant. But, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, if they drop the tag titles at any point, both could be in the world title picture. But... They really sold Nakamura coming back as a big deal. He's never held the top title. I love the idea of him getting in and winning that. And, and also, I love the idea of Gunter winning it at some point. I weirdly love the idea of Miz winning it, which I never thought I'd say. But he's been, you know, so uh, so big on you know how he's a double Grand Slam champion. Well, he won't be because he needs to win this one now, this new heavyweight championship but then i just don't think actually the miz winning it would be a headline would it i think you need a headline with this it's a new title you need someone to take it and run with it there's a shout for drew mcintyre obviously with the uk event coming up very soon um it's unlikely to be anyone like sheamus i would have thought so you know if you want drew to come in with the title then maybe he wins it um but i mean really it's surely going to be between seth I don't know. Actually, I'm, I'm now doubting myself. Maybe it's a good thing that I can't. I can't work yeah, it out. I, mean, I said Seth Drew Finn, and you said to me at the time, you were like, "What about Finn Balor, first ever Universal Champion, yeah. first ever like new World Heavyweight Champion?" Um, and, and even like you know, Matt Riddle is a shout. Yeah. Is it just? Matt, do, you know, do you know is, my curveball? Do you know my curveball? Well? Before you get your curveball, get, get yeah. your curveball out first. There's one name that wasn't in the draft. Go on. Uh, noticeably, he wasn't included in his tag team. Big E, Big E comes back, wins the title. Boom! I would adore it. I would absolutely love it. I do feel like he's don't ruin my curveball. Well, if he's if he's good to come back, have him come back, have him win the title. I'd absolutely love it. I, it Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston are on that brand. The New Day back together. But the fact is, is that we've mentioned all these names, and they're all good names. And they're all people who would carry the title well, I'm sure. Is it just going to end up being Cody Rhodes? I really hope not. I really hope not. I would rather How Damien do you do that Priest. Story though. How do you do that story? If you don't, if he, if it's not him, what's the the tale? Unless he gets injured by Brock at Backlash and takes some time off. Yeah injured by Brock, so he can't be in that inaugural kind of match to to win the title. Another, you know, another setback in the quest for him to win uh, the heavyweight championship in, uh, or well, uh, you know, one of the main titles in WWE has to watch from the sidelines as someone else does it. And then maybe that's his quest to maybe try and win it. And then, I don't know, wins it eventually. I I really don't know. I mean, let's work out who's not going to win it. Apollo Crews. 
Dex to Loomis. <laughs> I say, I'm not sure Trips That's or easier. Vince, though, either, mate. That's the point. I also really enjoyed that you desperately tried to do a really f- good segue into Damien Priest, and I absolutely <laughs> ruined it. And I'm sorry it wasn't, about that. It wasn't, it wasn't my intention at all. It wasn't my intention at all. Um, I mean, I, I, would, I wouldn't put it past them putting it on someone like Bronson Reed just to give him a huge push for some for no apparent reason they seem to love what he does but i mean i don't think he's ready but i wouldn't be surprised if they did a real curveball he went to the wrong brand obviously because they ended up keeping the bloodline together that like they told the story for one episode of smackdown about the idea that they might split them up and then immediately drafted the usos on to the same show as them but i i loved the way that uh, on smackdown last week they had the whole solo sokoa coming out during their main event riddle stopped it but the tease of having paul Heyman saying like that essentially roman reigns had signed off on it being his time and they suggested that solo was going to turn on the usos and thought that was really smart and and i still yeah, had he not jumped across, I still think Solo would have been an outside shout. But let's get into backlash because uh, we have got uh, the brilliant Damien Priest. I caught up with him at the tail end of last week uh, as he gets ready to potentially headline in San Juan, Puerto Rico, where his family are from. And not just his family, but Bad Bunny's family as well. They were tag team partners at WrestleMania two years ago. Now they go head to head in a San Juan street fight. Uh, I just... I didn't think I'd be that excited about this, but I think it's going to be brilliant. Uh, But let's hear (laughs) the thoughts of uh, the brilliant, from the Judgment Day, Damien Priest. All right, well, I'm delighted to say that joining the show, uh, I mean, a guy who's just continues to impress every time we get to see him in a wwe ring part of the judgment day and with one of the biggest matches on the horizon with backlash coming up shortly the brilliant damien priest joins us out damien you're joining us from a hotel room in the uk right so it's a shame we're not able to do this together but how are you doing sir i'm good man how you doing yeah not too bad thank you not too bad i saw some of the videos from last night in birmingham it looked like a fun time yeah that was a great way to kick off this tour uh the crowd was on fire and you know, we, that was a lot of fun. So we're excited to be back. Uh, is it something? I mean, I, we've seen you over in the UK previously, but how do the UK crowds compare? How, like, when you're out with doing the ha- the kind of the live events, just how passionate does that fan base come across as? Really passionate. It's cool because you know, obviously, we're not here all the time, so I feel like the fans aren't. Um, you know, they, they just they're ready. You know, and, and they just want to let loose. You know, more so because they don't get this opportunity as often and stay like the fans in the States do because we're there all the time. Um, so it, we get just as excited as the fans because we know it's special, you know, every time we come. So, um, like I said, it, it's these live events, especially like these tours, they're always a lot of fun and a blast because the fans, they deliver for us. So I've got to ask you post WrestleMania, you know, did you think that your plan for after the big event would be that you'd be putting the world's most streamed music artist through a table. Definitely not on my bingo card. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes things happen and you just got to go with it. Uh, but yeah, that was definitely not, uh, I, I never foresaw that one. Uh, and, you know, with Puerto Rico on the horizon and backlash, I would have assumed that we would have been on the same side doing something. But here we are. <laughs> Obviously, that's something you've done before, going back to Mania two years ago. Talk to us a bit about working with Bad Bunny, how that came together two years ago. And really, I guess, I think he surprised everyone with his prowess in the ring. Did it, did it surprise you to see just how quickly he seemed to pick this up? Uh, the way he picked it up, yes. Um, the, what His performance, no, because I was you know, there every week and every training session working with him. Um, and seeing him 
just pick things up. I would explain it one time and he would just do it. And I'm, wow. Um, so now, you know, so come at WrestleMania, that tag match, everything he did, you know, there was a, a few surprises like the destroyer. You know, I wasn't ready for that one, but, uh, everything else, I mean, I, I was more proud than I would say surprised. Uh, cause he just, you know, like seeing him, like I said, firsthand training, that one to me was where I was like, this guy, what can't this guy do, you know? And I guess, you know, WWE has a history of these huge names from the world of entertainment coming in and, and getting involved, but increasingly the, the quality of those performances. I, I guess I ask you whether it surprised you, but was it clear and apparent from day one maybe how passionate it was and maybe how much he loved this? Because I guess you have to if you can throw yourself into it the way he did. Yeah, no, no, no. He, 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 that 100% is correct. Yeah, it was. That was the most notable, noticeable thing as soon as I met him was his love for the business. I mean, he's a mega fan. So um, I think that also helped with him just picking things up because he just, we didn't have to explain the business to him. You know, when you have to explain the business and then explain how to do the job, right? No, it, it was just easier. We could just get down to the, like the, the actual bare uh, stuff of it, you know, where it's just, all right, let's just go, go to the physicality because he understood everything else that encompassed the business and he knows the history and, you know, he gets the psychology. So that, that, all that was a little easier because of that. Um, and that's probably why we hit it off so well as well. You know, being from, obviously from both from the same Island, both from the same town on the Island, um, that that alone put us together like made us close but his love for the business and us just you know just talking wrestling uh i definitely saw it his passion through the the conversations so how huge is it for you then you you said it not only getting to face him in this one-on-one match in a street fight but doing it in wwe's return to puerto rico how just huge is that for you it's enormous uh you know i i'm so honored for the for this, you know, because of the representation that being put, you know, front and center, you know, with the you know Puerto Rico, the biggest streaming artist on the planet, uh, you know, and at WWE, it, it's what a combination. Um, it, it's uh, it's historic. So to me, this is huge for you know the the Hispanic community, for, for the company, for us, everything, everybody involved. Um, I'm extremely proud and honored for this opportunity. I have to say, I felt like we were out in LA for Mania, and my my wife is is Chilean, and so I have a bit of a feel of the that kind of you know how big this is within the Latin culture. Being in LA when Rey Mysterio is going into the Hall of Fame, when you've got the Eddie Guerrero tributes and everything else, it really feels like Latin wrestling is having a moment right now. Is that something that you feel? Absolutely, and and I just got goosebumps you saying that because. You know, we, this is what we want. You know, we, we, we want to, you know, be seen, you know, and, and, and having this moment and having this spotlight is special, man. Um, and, and it's not something that we take lightly. We understand the moment that's happening and we know that this is it. There was any ever a time to deliver. It's now we have to fire on all cylinders, you know. So I, I'm, I think all of us, every Latino that's involved in this, you know, right now, the spotlight is, excelling and, and and honored to be a part of it i honestly i i know you know we saw huge reactions to the main events on both nights positive and negative from a crowd perspective but hearing the response from an la crowd to ray's entrance to dom's entrance to the finish of that match to 
to Bunny getting involved to all of it was, I, I mean, comparable to only really like Super Bowls and things like that I've been to in terms of noise and passion from that crowd. Yeah, that was, it's awesome. You know, then I, I don't know what else I can say about that. Like, that's what we want. I mean, that's what we hope for, you know, those having the, that, that feel from the crowd, you know, just that response and that it kind of like tells us like, yes, you succeeded. Uh, and we did that for them. And then they responded with that for us. And the feeling that the fans gave us, it's, you know, forever grateful, you know, like that, that was amazing. And they made, they were very much a part of that moment, you know, like they created that moment extra special for us. Super cool, man. Super cool. Um, I do have to ask going into the street fight, you talked about Bunny and his, his, you know, his ability, his passion. Obviously, those are the kind of events where we're expecting some fun spots, some crazy moments. Is he bringing the creativity as well? Is he a guy who comes full of ideas? Oh, I'm sure he's going to have some ideas. I don't know how they're going to pay off for him, but, you know, um, because, you know, it's a street fight, man. And, and as impressive as he's been, you know, I'm bringing it. So I, I, we're on the island that there's no, I'm not going to feel sorry. I'm not going to, you know, try to protect him. I'm, I'm, come, I'm bringing it and I'm going to beat him up pretty bad. So uh, if anything, if, if he has anything to plan for, just plan for, you know, the pain that he's going to feel and how sore he's going to be after. I want to ask about the Judgment Day because we spoke with Rhea a bit about this out in uh, out in LA, but it feels like what, when it, you get a really great faction, all boats rise, right? And it kind of, it feels like that's what's happening with the Judgment Day in this moment. Yeah, and this was a purpose. The purpose of the Judgment Day was to put a group of talent that we know what we're capable of, but for whatever reason, it's, it's like something's you know tying us down and holding us back. Uh, and this was to elevate each other and push each other uh, to the end. You know, like you, you, we got to cross this finish line or whatever comes, you know, whatever comes, comes. And for us, is gratefully and, you know, obviously uh, we're proud to say that it's been success. You know, with Rhea Ripley, you know, winning the title at WrestleMania, everybody having their moments. Uh, it, it's it's awesome. And, and I'm glad it works because we, I, I, even though we were all cool beforehand, you know, obviously Rhea Ripley and I were always friends, but in the group, we be, we legit become family. Like, I love those three individuals so much and care about them. And I know, like, we all care for each other in the same way. We message each other nonstop, you know, when we're not on the road or uh, and just with ideas or how you doing, how you feeling, you know, it, it's, a, it's like you would with a family member. And it's awesome because the best thing is that we, we care so much for each other's success. Uh, and you can't fail when that's what you're looking out for because I know that they're looking out for my success too while I'm looking out for theirs and you can't fail I I, am my knowledge of you prior to to this point you know coming through Ring of Honor your time in NXT much more as a singles guy like that's my kind of experience of you maybe you'll tell me differently but when it was pitched to you by creative when the idea of you joining a faction came up what came to mind for you what were the kind of potential opportunities and who are the groups that you maybe look at in the past and think those are the guys you love and look up to. You know, when I first, you know, when the idea first came to be to, to be in a group or anything, obviously it was with Edge. So being that he was one of the guys that I looked up to, I was, hell yeah. <laughs> and I was stoked. I was excited. This is why, well, you know, I'm with Edge. Like, this is big time, you know? And then we morphed into something else and, uh, you know, kicked him out of the group. And now the four of us are just on fire. And, and to me, Yes, I, I I was never really a team guy. 
Um, but now, um, I appreciate it maybe that much more because I wasn't, and I understand what it feels like to lean on somebody else and somebody else having your back all the time and being there to support you. It's, I, I didn't realize how much that is needed. So, you know, sometimes you need that, you, you need that reassurance, you need that friend. And I have a group of them, which is awesome. Um, so for me, yeah, that, that, that change was definitely like something special that I didn't realize um, that, that was there. And as far as like groups and whatnot that I've looked at, I think the main one that I've studied just that their dynamic was evolution. Um, you know, with obviously I could say NWO and because I'm a huge fan of the, of the boys, everybody knows that. But I think evolution had a different dynamic. Uh, and we more so go towards that because there was no, everybody in the group was different. You know, like they were so different just in their styles and just the, the way they they presented themselves before they got together. Um, and I think that was like our thing. Like, man, we were all so different in our own ways. And then somehow this works. And that so that's why evolution is my go to. Uh, I saw a superb thing where somebody described Finn as the MVP of Raw post mania and loved his match with Cody this week. You look at that Bria's moment with Solo, obviously everything Dom continues to do as well. I feel like everyone's getting their big individual moments. We talked about you with Bunny as well. Is Are we getting to a point where, you know, this could be something that rivals in terms of success, in terms of, you know, whether it's sales, whether it's, you know, belts, whatever it is. So you can be pushing groups like the Bloodline, the Usos, guys like that to really be dominant at the very top. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we're proving that, you know. Um, I feel like any program they tune into nowadays the judgment you might see the judgment day on it and they're going to be an important part of the show um you know whether it's to start to close or in the middle we're we're just very very uh important to the product right now um and i think it's not just our faction like you said the bloodline as well so i i think having that it has to work obviously it has, you know everybody every member has to mesh well and i think that's what's working right now is the judgment day is perfect for each other. The bloodline, obviously they're actually family, but just cause they're family doesn't mean it's going to work. Uh, and they figured out a way to make it work better than they ever have because the Usos has been together since the beginning, but they haven't been like this, you know, like it, it's, it's awesome to see how everybody's clicking and, and doing their own thing because the bloodline is very much different from the judgment day, but still that awesome, like, I don't know. It's just something special about them together. Um, but individually, they can go too. And that's our thing too. Individually, we 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 can be our own stars. But together, we're like unstoppable. Love it. Finally, I just want to ask you about, uh, you mentioned the UK fans, the passion. We have got money in the bank coming up in the not too distant future. Another pay-per-view coming to the UK after Clash last year. Uh, I don't know. I, I saw you in that ladder match in NXT. This feels like the sort of area that you might excel in if given the opportunity. A one for one in ladder matches. That was my first ever ladder match, and you know I was happy to come out victorious. And you know, a few months ago, I uh, you know messed up a line in a promo, and and I made mention to Money in the Bank by mistake. And I feel like I, this has to be right up my alley. I have to be here. I have to do that. You know, I have to be in that match, and I I feel like I have to grab that briefcase. So I'll, I'm in. I'm all in for it. <laughs> Does the mind start to kind of, when you get the idea of actually holding the briefcase and some of the fun reigns we've seen, and as well as being in a faction, do it? Does that brain start to click with ideas of just the cool stuff you could do? Immediately. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, like, oh my God. Like, 
depending who's in the match, like the, the, the crazy moments we can have. And, you know, if, if I grab that briefcase, what can happen after? I mean, there's so many things that go through your mind. So, uh, which is exciting. I mean, that's the beautiful part of what we do where we get like excited and, and giddy for a moment, you know, and, and we're not even there yet, but you know, the, just the creative juices start blowing and it's exciting. And then finally, yeah, if you do win the briefcase, a shot at the belt, I've got to ask your thoughts on the hottest topic from wrestling this week, the new WWE World Heavyweight Championship belt. What did you think? No, I, it looks gorgeous. Um, you know, it's a combination of the, you know, big gold and, and the WWE with like their logo. Uh, I think it's cool. It, it looks, I, I really like the title a lot. So I think it will look even better around my waist. The right answer. Uh, David, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Enjoy the rest of your time in the UK. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, Damien Priest there, uh, Money in the Bank, uh, teased it. He's, he's only ever been in one ladder match, even in his time as Punishment Martinez in Ring of Honor, where they bleed and love a gimmick match. He's, he'd only ever been in one ladder match. It was in NXT. He won that ladder match. I'm just saying, Money in the Bank, July. Damien Priest, even if he's not going to win it, he would absolutely be on my list of entrants. Of course he bloody would. Of course he bloody would, Will. Let's look at the matches then. Uh, do you see much... Um changing from this event because i don't particularly see much changing at this event like for example rhea ripley is not going to lose to zelina vega i do like how they've built zelina though as part of the lwo i think there is a a nice story being told there but no i I agree i don't think we do see a change there i think I, i think they gimmick that austin theory keeps hold of the united states championship partially because he's on the same brand as uh, <laughs> on the separate brand from Gunter and they want to make sure that kept that's kept separate but I think you have you know Lashley and Reed absolutely just hammer each other and it can be a really good fun match and theory ends up doing the old chicken sh- heel bit I I think both of those have potentially good matches Ripley might destroy Zelina Vega but I I hope they have her work from under and have her work a decent match but actually I look at this card and I'm 
pretty excited to watch this on Saturday evening. Not going <laughs> to lie, like, I mean, Bianca Belair and EO Sky could be absolutely superb. I think they've done more with EO Sky to build the idea of tension and damage control and to actually build her as a, as a contender for the World Championship. But she's one of the best female wrestlers out of Japan in the last 10 years. We've seen already, obviously, the magic with Asuka. We've seen how brilliant she is with her aerial moves and telling a story. And I think that could be absolutely superb. And then, I guess the only match I really, really have no idea which way they're going to go with it is, is Seth and Omos. I have a feeling that this could be where um, Shelton Benjamin comes back. Could could this be that moment? I don't know whether we're, you know Omos. Uh, it turns out he is part of uh, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin and MVPs. Put you know put business. What's it called? <laughs> I was going to call him bad business for a second. <laughs> I was looking at the word bad bunny and I just got the bad business. Um, sounds like something you have after a curry than after. Um, so yeah, uh, could, could it be that you know Seth's doing well and then suddenly you know Omos turns heel with MVP? I don't. No, I just, I mean, I'm trying to find a reason for this match existing is basically what I'm trying to do here. And uh, it's probably not going to be that at all, is it? I love that they announced it and then found a way to try and, you know, back annotees for why it should happen afterwards. Um, I, Seth, I've said this a million times. I think he's almost untouchable at this point. So he can lose to Omos. They can have Omos get back the loss that he had from uh, Lesnar at Mania. And, and I think that makes some sense. So the. The three that are the, the all potential main eventers um, for this event, though, I think one will open, one will close it, and one will be the kind of co-headline. But all three, I absolutely think, it could be sensational. Starting off with, with Bad Bunny and Damien Priest, we've just spoken to, because Bad Bunny showed unbelievable aptitude for his uh, ability in the ring when he um, came out and did it previously. Damien Priest, clearly a great partner for him, you get the shenanigans of the potential with a street fight where, you know, he, he got ways of winning it using the various items, etc., around the ring. And just being in the venue it's in, the first time back there in like a decade, two guys from Puerto Rico, at least, you know, familiarly. I, I just, this feels like what good wrestling should be. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Spanish on the mic, isn't there? And I think we're going to be as confused as we were when Damien Priest went off on one. And actually, Finn Balor, knowing his wife is of Latin descent, um, he looked just as confused when Damien Priest was doing his bit in Spanish. But it sounded great. It could have been saying anything, but that's that's on me for not knowing any Spanish. But I think it's good that it has the stipulation of being a street fight as well, because, you know, it means that Bad Bunny doesn't have to worry too much about the wrestling, even though he's obviously shown, you know, along with Logan Paul and arguably Johnny Knoxville, um, that they they are great. Um, what, what would you call sports them? Celebrity entertainers. Wrestlers. They are celebrities. <laughs> I, I think I will be thoroughly sports entertained by this one. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So I think, I think having that stipulation will give you some good spots. Obviously, Damien Priest is going to take some kind of battering from Bad Bunny with some kind of weapon, and everyone will love it. And yeah, who knows what's going to happen? But you know, given where it is, and you know, we, we, it's pretty obvious that WWE have been paid money to go to Puerto Rico. Uh, you know, this basically a huge advert for tourism in Puerto Rico, whatever, fine. At least there's a really good angle for it to be there. It's not just a random event that's taking place there with a really kind of shoddy, you know, oh, this is why we're here because, you know, we need to have the Puerto Rican beach match because, you know, we've done everything else we can. You know, there is a legitimate reason you've got two guys from there, so there's going to be huge local interest and a great story, and I think it will impress. Yeah, you're right. 
I think what that gives as well is it gives them the big face moment to finish the event, the payoff, that that will send the crowd home happy and it means that they can get away with a couple of heelish wins earlier in the evening. Um, I'm intrigued on that very front what you think happens in the six-man tag match. Yeah, I'm trying to think what I think is going to happen in that because that's one where I'm a bit confused. It, I'll tell you, you what, this is, this is the story that I, why I like the story they've told over the last couple of TV episodes, right? Because his, I was convinced in my head this is how it's going to happen. And as much as Riddle returning was sold as a big deal, you have the bloodline go over Riddle, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. You have Riddle eat the pin so a champion doesn't have to eat the pin. You have Solo get it so you continue his build, continue making him look strong. They can put on an mm. absolutely sensational match. They both move to their separate brands. Everyone looks strong, bar Riddle who can bounce back from it quite easily. Uh, like all, I think that made so much sense. Now I wonder if, A, we do see Roman turn up, even though I know he's off kind of TV duty right now, or if they use it to do the solo Usos turn situation because of Roman being unhappy with them. Maybe they do lose, and you have Solo then go after Jimmy and Jay under instruction from Roman via Paul Heyman, or like, like they've left it properly open, which... Yeah, that's what I want. I want I want to not know what's going to happen beforehand. That I feel like too often we we have too much of an inkling. Even though you can tell a good story when you know what's going to happen, this feels like a properly open ended to me. Yeah, I think the fact we can't predict it, as you say, is probably a good thing with this. I can't see any huge surprise. I guess yeah, I guess Roman turning up would be a huge surprise. Maybe I don't know if it's reactive to fans being so annoyed that Roman wasn't going to be involved in this PP, uh, the pay per view. So what do you call it now? Premium live event. That's not premium like um, the PLE. From I was going to call it the the PPL then, and I'm like, hang on, that's a private <laughs> pilot license. That's nothing to do with this. The IPL. Um, <laughs> the IPL. The Calcutta Knight Rider, who is basically <laughs> Roman Reigns. Uh, no, so um, yeah, I mean, him turning up would be, I guess, would would make sense and would would be something and. Or, or maybe yeah it all implodes and, and we get the start of the implosion and that's where that kind of storyline with the bloodline goes and they they work out how they can how they can get six months out of that possibly but you know big fan of kevin owens and sammy Zayn, so i, I kind of want them to do well but i think no one's going to come out of it badly as you say and if matt riddle takes the pin you know he's the comedy character he can take the pin and it not be a big deal this is the other one that i thought i just knew what was going to happen Cody Brock, it just made loads of sense for Cody to work from under, but get the big battling come from behind victory. Now that he's not on the same brand as Roman, mm. I think they could have Brock beat him. It wouldn't be that much of a shock to me at all. Yeah, and as you say, lay him out for a little while so that he's not in the picture for that heavyweight title. That gives him a reason to be, you know, aggrieved again and have to fight his way back to the top. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, Brock Lesnar looked pretty angry last time didn't he when he came out and it, it, it required about 25 um security officers with dubious uh, mohicans and piercings that definitely don't look like wrestlers <laughs> to hold cody back one of them one of them literally looked like you know like a create your own wrestler when you've put a stupid mohican on him like <laughs> i'm sure he's a lovely guy but it's like you're not fooling anyone mate no one knows you know no one thinks you're security you've probably got your ring gear on underneath that outfit just in case they call upon you to get a squash against no or whatever but yeah it was um that was uh, that was interesting and it was I mean Brock Lesnar's been flown in to do so many appearances where he barely even says a word just walks out I mean he must be making so much money per word he speaks but I am looking forward to it because again I don't really know what's going to happen and I think that's the, the thing about this whole pay-per-view other than maybe Rhea Ripley Zelina Vega which I don't think is 
ever going to go to Zelina Vega. I don't really know what's going to happen in most of this. I mean, to be fair, actually, most both women's matches aren't necessarily going to going to result in a title change. Is that where they swap the titles? Perhaps, maybe. Yeah, potentially. Potentially, um, it makes some sense. Do it on the show. Give more reasons. Draw eyes to it. I, I just to Cody and Brock. I think. I actually think what you maybe have convinced me of is that they still have Cody get the win. Like, Brock, again, is is relatively, you know, just Teflon protected. Yeah, 100%. But you could have Cody get the win from under in true underdog style and still be injured enough that he's not in contention for Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, I'm kind of, I just want to see Cody do well. I just want to see him win wrestling matches Aww. i just want to see him continue to be brilliant on the mic and in the ring and i just think he's been absolutely superb over these last couple of months and so i i i'm gonna go i'm gonna book it i'm gonna say cody beats brock but comes away from the match worse for wear maybe it's a post-match beat down from lesnar <laughs> um, i was watching uh the other day when the when the cody and uh, brock segment was on and my housemate walked in and basically remarked on the fact that cody had his uh roots done so he must mean business so i don't know if that's anything to go by so you know maybe if means business he might win uh right that, I think that kind of that's all we've done it all. We've done all the matches. We've said everything that needs to be said. We've talked the AW Wembley stuff. We've had our interview with Damian Priest. We've talked about the draft. I think we've kind of covered off all the big talking points. We'll have a review of the action uh, from um, uh, from Backlash next week. I, I you know some of the regulars on the show. Obviously, uh, at some point the returning Alex McCarthy, Simon Miller. We're in the DMs. Conversations are being had. Maybe we do a little panel review show uh, of the pay-per-view or the premium live event, the IPL event after the weekend. Uh, in the meantime, John, any final thoughts? I was just going to say, I wouldn't admit to being in the DMs at the moment. Fair. Fair point. Uh, even listening to Talk Wrestling from TalkSport on your Fight Night feed, don't forget to leave us a rating, a review, uh, and subscribe and just give it all the love. We'd love to hear from you on social media. Drop us questions, anything you want us to talk about, anything when you, anyone interesting you want us to interview, anything interesting you want us to do. We're up for it. We are open. So, you know, get in touch with us. Maybe not sliding in. And uh, otherwise, <laughs> don't forget, marks are people too. This they has been Talk Wrestling. Too. <laughs>